All right, social media family, thank you for joining us for another installment of the Lessons from David series. We on lesson 12 tonight. And the title of the of the lesson tonight is It's My Fault. It's my fault. Okay. So with that that subtitle, we are going to be talking about personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Now, I know that's not going to sell a lot of books and tapes, but it is something that we can see in David's life that is a characteristic that separated him from the other leaders that we talked about, the other biblical characters that we've highlighted thus far. All right. So we're going to go back to Samuel. Let's go to... Second Samuel. No, no. We'll go there next. Let's go to first Samuel first. First Samuel fifteen. First Samuel fifteen. And we'll start at Started in verse 10. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm sorry that I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my command. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this that he cried out to the Lord all night. Early the next morning, Samuel found, went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gilgal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I've carried out the Lord's command. Verse 14. Then what is all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowly of cattle? I hear, Samuel demanded. It's true that the army spared the, the best of the sheep and goats and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you, Saul asked. And Samuel told him, although you may think Little of yourself, are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord has anointed you king of Israel. And the Lord sent you on a mission and told you, go and completely destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? But I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back King Agag, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord, 
your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as the son of witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Now, we've looked at this in prior lessons, and we just want to revisit this in, in reference to the idea of personal responsibility. Now, when you hear that phrase, you think about personal responsibility. Does it sound like a burden? I know the fastest way to get a problem fixed is own up to it. You know, if you do something wrong, just own up immediately. Okay. Now, why is it difficult then for us to do that sometimes? Well, actually, I have a question from the last time we were here because I never got to the bottom of it. Is um, Well, first of all, it cracked me up that Saul... Oh... I wanted to go show you that scripture. Saul was over there. It says he was making a monument to himself. <laughs> that cracked me up. Verse 12, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Excellent. He's over there making a monument to himself. Like, okay, what was that all about? But then my question from the last time and now is, okay, so Samuel asked him a question. Um, and then Saul says, but I did obey the Lord. So did he, and does, and can we find out from the scripture? Did he, is he literally lying or is he believed a lie for himself? Like, because clearly he didn't follow. So is he lying to himself? Is Yes, I did. You know, like what, what's the. <clears throat> bottom line of mm -hmm. Saul. Like, did he believe a lie? Is he lying? Well, let's keep reading. Because I never got to the bottom of it. Alright, verse 24. And let me see. And I'll stay in the New Living Translation. It says, Then Saul admitted to Samuel, <clears throat> Yes, I have sinned. I have disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people. And did what they demanded. Okay, so he lied. He knew. So, okay, you know. He was scared. I need the Bible to state the obvious. He lied. <laughs> so, therefore, he lied. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. He lied. In verse 25, it says, But now please forgive me my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. So, you see that he didn't. He didn't confess <clears throat> that sin until he got pressed about it, All right? And and you see the, the the second part of it, verse twenty four. For I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded. 
Now, when we talk about the character of Saul versus David, do you see in Scripture, you remember in Scripture, David ever saying anything like that? Yeah. When he was confronted, he would, when he realized, what, especially the one where he did all the, when um, Nathan did, when yeah, he, you know, brought it up and said, this is, this, you know, this um, rich man had this, and yeah. he took the only lamb from the, the poor man that did what he did. He's like, what, what you know, um, like off of his head, you know, he goes, it is you. He's like, he didn't go like, well, um, 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 well, you know, um, 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 he didn't do all that. He goes, what have I done? Mm-hmm. He was immediately repentant. His heart was in it. <laughs> a lot. He made stupid <laughs> choices, but his heart was really, like you said, man after God's own heart, you know. <laughs> You know, that what happens to seems to me what Saul did. Sometimes people <coughs> partially obey. And then the part that they don't obey is because in the natural it looks like it's a real blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, but this is really the right thing to do. So I don't it's it's still wrong. Partial obedience is not obedience. But I I mean I don't know if you what his motivation was, but it he did the first part, but he didn't do the last thing about the animals because it looked it was a look good thing. Mm-hmm. It was going to turn out. Just like yeah, well, he, killed, he, he destroyed all of the Amalekites, but he brought back the king. It, there was nothing said bring back the king. It was destroy everything. But they were one, they were one of the tribes that were uh, polluted with the. Uh, the fallen ones, and and if you really read back in there, there were even things that they were doing with animals. So God wanted those animals dead too. So they were all they were all like half breeds, and He wanted to wipe them all out because these are one of the scriptures people use against Christians. What kind of God is you? Kill yeah, everybody. I've, I've, I've I said, man, just, these some of these villages that were just we figure when the flood came, everybody on earth was polluted with the fallen angels except Noah's family. There's mm-hmm. only eight people on the whole earth that didn't have the DNA of those creatures, and God was wiping them out. Don't you think almost all of us at one time or another have partially obeyed? Sure. Because there's the seems right path. You know, we think we know better than God. Mm-hmm. And look how many people are going to be blessed. <laughs> but it, was there something about like riches or something other than the animal part? Because I it was a lot to I can't remember. Right. Was there like riches or like stuff? <clears throat> it's spoils, right? Spoils. Sheep, sheep and oxen. Verse, going back to verse 21, I'm going to read that in the, in the Amplified. It says, but the people, this is Saul talking now, but the people took for, for from the spoil, sheep and oxen, and the chief of the things to be utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. What's plunder? Booty, money, silver, gold, anything. Yeah, anything that can be of value. So, I mean, ooh, 
Well, and if some of it slipped off in my bank account, then hey, you know, it fell off into my bank account. <laughs> yeah. It accidentally on purpose fell into like five million dollars of gold fell into my bank account. How'd they get there? I remember it was still it fell off the truck to sacrifice to the Lord. So it's yeah, this it's a good thing. thing. Yes, it's a good thing. Don't you understand? Yeah, of course, course the, the Lord wants me to be the Lord. He's like, yeah, God didn't want that. Mm -hmm. He's wanted it all destroyed. Yeah, yeah. I think the difference is that you see, like we said, with Saul read up on him a lot in the past weeks, months, and he had a statue made to himself. Like <laughs> <laughs> we said, he, he had all the girls. Yeah, you know what it would have been like on stage, like today. Mm -hmm. like, jumps out at me is that second half of that verse you know when Saul admits that for I was afraid of the people and did what they demanded and see I'm just looking at Proverbs 29 and 25 where it says the fear of man bring up a snare but whosoever put of his trust in the Lord shall be safe so 
at the end of the day, it's really it is it is it so much about the the specific acts that he didn't do, or was it the heart? You know, because he said he was afraid of the people. But the thing about it is, I mean, if, if you in that situation, you either gonna do what the Lord say. Or do what the people say. Or do, you know, do what your flesh is telling you. Right? And that's the fight of faith right there. Like, do you really trust in what the Lord says? And you know, and I'm I'm looking at the situation. It's easy to dump on Saul. It's easy to dump on him in hindsight. But again, how many of us have been in situations where we would push the compromise? And we succumb to it. And this is why, you know, that whole idea of, of just understanding and, and resting in the, the goodness of God and the love of God is so vital because when you're in situations that will press you to compromise, then you have a foundation to, to sit on and to rest on when that temp- when you're tempted to compromise. When it looks like it would be better to compromise. It's like, no, God got me. Regardless of how good this this may look, God got me. I don't have to halfway be obedient. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death. Yeah. The seems right path. Right. We've all taken it. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a message here. If the Lord speaks to your heart to do something, do it the way He says, because there can be a backstory you don't know about. Do it the way He says. Do it if He really says something, telling you to do something. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger in the Lord, and your Lord would tell me to give somebody money, and they had a nice car and a nice house, and I just think they don't need money, I do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so why, why would they need money? You know? <laughs> Yeah, I've heard that after a while. I started realizing when you hear the Lord, you just need to, you need to be obedient, not yeah, get no involved, not get in the it. middle of it. See, but he tell you, you do stuff that don't make no sense. And then sometimes he does. I can say, anyway, say, okay, why am I giving money and I need money? Yep. That's yep. just, what do you call it, oxymoron? God has that aerial view. He can see, you know, things going on that we don't. It'll look weird to us, but he's looking at like, you know, he knows what's on the other side of the mm-hmm. door. It's like the guy stole the wood out of my wood pile during the snowstorm. Yeah. And the Lord told me to go buy him some wood. And I thought, I don't want to buy him wood. I want to hit him with this. We're going to throw him at him. Really? So at the end of the day, it all comes back to trust. Then. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who are we trusting? Are we trusting in, in, in his goodness? Are we are we leaning to our own understanding or his? And you know, we talk all these moral dilemmas and these these battles that we face. It all comes back to do I believe? Do I believe what he said? Do I believe he loves me? Looking at a couple of points on the outline says, God sent Saul on a mission to destroy the Amalekites, but he didn't do it. He claimed he had performed everything the Lord had told him to do, and he blamed the people. 
the people couldn't have done this if Saul had not tolerated it. Saul had sure. his approval that he king, right? Saul whitewashed it, calling it a sacrifice. Instead of letting the deaths of these animals be in vain, we, we wanted to offer them to the Lord, quote unquote. When David sacrificed to the Lord in 2 Samuel 24, the 18 and 25, and we're going to read that. Now, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Aranana basically said, take my oxen, take my yokes and use them for the fire. All right. Now, we're going to see what David's heart is in comparison to Saul. Right? So let's go to 2 Samuel. And we're going to start at verse 18. What chapter? Yes, chapter 24. 2 Samuel 24, starting at verse 18. Okay. All right. That day, God had... God came to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arnon, the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Arnon saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord, the king? Arnon asked. David replied, I've come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my Lord, the king. Use it as you wish. Arna said to David, here are the oxen for the burnt offering. You can use the threshing boards and the ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Arnon, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the, to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. Now, what do you see different here in, in David's response to this man? He didn't want to give the Lord something that wasn't a sacrifice. That was just free handy to him. He wanted to pay. That would be his sacrifice for, for the land. I think that with the, the, the beginning of the story, didn't David, what David calls the plague, am I correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember studying that. He calls the plague, and then, like he said, he owned to it. So he, yeah, he was saying, I, you know, take it out of me, not the people. It was my right. fault. Yeah. See, so he was owning up to that too. He's going, no, 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 no. And he goes, when they offered it, it's like the king. I said, hey, you can have all this. And he goes, no, it has to cost me something. It's coming from my heart. I'm going to make it right. And it's all because of me. I want it to be. You know, the right part. It was good. I mean, it's just, that takes a lot. That's good. I think a lot of To be humble and stuff. Because he was king. He could have just yeah. commanded. He could have, you know, took what that man 
offer to to say sure. Sounds so, good to me. I think a lot of us know the responses to sometimes situations to do, especially we've been raised in church or came to church a long time. But I think not that God God never causes tragedy. He does not cause the heat or anything of life, but it can be used for good and, and he does not cause that. But however, you know, just for anybody on you know social media, anybody listening, you know, God is not causing bad things. But however, I do believe when situations get heated up, that's where the true colors can come out sometime if it's just church gobbledygook like, oh wow, I'm so humble, you know, whatever, or it's for real, you know, then I think David had a lot of those situations where it was like, you know, it happened. If you go through the Psalms of David he was always crying out, creating, creating me a clean heart, God. I mean, he knew who he was, and he was always fighting that nature, that other side of himself, you know? Yeah, and it's so interesting. It's before he, David was before Jesus coming and delivering us, but he still had a heart for him, you know? And mm-hmm. like other good people we know in the Bible, too, in the Old Testament, Abraham and Moses, different ones, you know, but we're highlighting David because he, you know, considered the man after God's heart. It's like... It's just amazing that they didn't even have what we have, and they had something so special. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. But here's what I see when I know, and I say this: I know, like David calls his play, he he owned up to it. Okay, this is my fault. Um, what I see a lot now in culture now is. You know, they do something, um, and then, you know, of course, I mean, if you have a relationship with a person, or you, you, you say something about what they do, um, but then they tend to deflect it or say something like, of course, I'm pretty sure you well, you know, you can't judge me because you got issues too. So I see a lot of that now. If somebody does something, that they know it's not right according to the word of God. If you tell them what they did, and, and there's a way to do it, I understand that. But it's always like, well, you can't say anything to me because you got issues too. So, and, and anybody can speak on this, you know, me personally, I, I, when I see that, it's like, okay, we again, we're not, they're not being like that. You're not taking responsibility of saying, you know, yeah, this is, I messed up, I'm doing this wrong. But to me, when you take a position of, well, you know what, you ain't perfect neither. I mean, you're not owning that's not up. The issue. Yeah, too. Right. That's not the issue, but that's the position I see a lot now yeah. when it comes to, you know, holding people accountable to the word of God. It's okay. This is wrong. You know, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. And they, they come back to you as, well, hey, to get defensive and say, well, you know what, you ain't perfect. Neither. That's the society we live in. Yeah, like that's true. Said, no accountability. If anything goes. Right. But I'm saying that's what I see. And I'm saying <laughs> now it's like, you know, in some cases, the body, we're buying into it. Nobody don't want to say anything to anybody. Because, you know, it's like, well, yeah, you know, you get, well, we all got issues. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, nobody say anything to anybody because, you know, everybody got issues. And I, I don't, to me, when I'm out state, that's not what the Bible teaches. It does say, you know, you see your brother fall, you go to your brother or your sister. 
Go in love. Right, go in love. Right? And tell them. Make sure you're going to meet them over there Friday. Yeah, but you know, you tell them that's yeah. not right, you know, yeah, but I if know. you take the position of, hey, you know what, well, well, I know I messed up, yeah. but you ain't perfect either. Yeah, okay, well then, to me, yeah, you're not I'm taking right. responsibility as David is. Yeah. That, okay, own up and say, yeah, I messed this up. You know what, you're right. And I need to do something about it. <clears throat> okay. All right, we're going to roll, we're going to play this out. Eric just he just called me out for something. So I'm like, all right, well, well, Minister Eric, I'm gonna tell you what Jesus said. Let's go to Matthew 7. <laughs> I'm gonna read it to you and amplify it. Oh boy. So the barrels loaded. It says <laughs> it's, it's, it says, yes. do not judge and criticize and condemn others unfairly with an attitude of self-righteous superiority as though assuming the office of a judge so that you would not be judged unfairly. For just as you hypocritically judge others when you are sinful and unrepentant, so will you be judged and in accordance with your standard of measure used to pass out judgment. Judgment will be measured to you. Why do you look at the insignificant speck that is in your brother's eye but do not notice and acknowledge the the egregious, I'm sorry, egregious log that is in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me get the speck out of your own eye when there is a log in your, your own eye? You hypocrite, play actor, pretender. First get the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Now, I approach somebody in love, right? To try to question, you know, some these behaviors that I see, some things. This is what they come at, at me with. How do I respond? Say that again. All right. Same scenario, right? Like what Eric was talking about. So you see a, you know, one of your brothers and sisters in the Lord, they doing something that's not biblical. This is outside of the word of God. You see, you, you see that. You talk to them about it. Say, hey, you know, I notice you're doing X, Y, Z. And that's kind of inconsistent, you know, with your walk. What's going on? Then that person reads that string of scripture back to you in response. Well, what you were saying to them is not really judging. When you judge, you sentence a person. The Amplified says, do not judge and criticize and condemn others. Whom the Lord loves, he chastises. There's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You're not sentencing that person to a punishment or condemnation. It's simply... A matter of correction. It's not the same thing. It's like, and I hate to keep this brother out there, but the one that I had to remove as a, um, <laughs> as a father figure in my life, but it would have been a difference. Like I said, he would have made a world of difference. I would probably still be friends with Facebook with him. I might even have a better working relationship with him. It would have been, you know, like, what's going on? How you been, honey? You know, you doing okay? It seems like things are... No, it wasn't. It was like, this is how you are. This is what you are. This is what you're doing. This and is what God's, God's word says to you, you know? And it 
such a difference. He already condemned her, and thus doing it to his adopted daughter too. You know, still. Yeah. And, and yeah. Right All right, Kevin, guess something. Yeah, I was just gonna go by, I guess, my own experiences that I've had. Very seldom have I um, really been led to like see see somebody doing something and then just go and tell them, you know, um, if they offend me. Scripture talks about that, and I go to a brother and let him know that he offended me and let him know exactly what he did. If he wants to apologize, then I accept his apology. If he don't, then I leave it alone. So in that case, I would just, you know, to answer the question of how I feel about it, I would just leave it alone from there and just say, okay, because, you know, if he's a believer, they're a Christian, just like I am. I mean, the word of God is for, because you gave him the word. So the word of God is for proof, correction, or instruction in righteousness. So allow that word, that sown word, to do what it should do in his life. If he wants to be a growing, productive, prosperous believer. And the Holy Spirit will do the work, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of how what I would do. Just leave it alone. But like I said, once again, very seldom do I really feel led to go unless I see somebody being wrong or I'm being wrong, and then I like, okay, I got to go tell him so they could know for sure that hey. You did me wrong when you did this or said that or whatever. Because if I don't, they may not know it. But when I do, then that's their opportunity to say, I'm sorry. And then that's my opportunity to say, I forgive you. Yeah, I mean, in some cases, I agree with Kevin. That's that's how Lord living. But I've had cases where, you know, hey, I feel like Lord living, you know, okay. And it's not. Not always not as strange, but people close to you, you go to them and tell them, you know, and they just let you have it and they're not trying to, you know, like, okay, and they just like, okay, who you think you are telling me? Prophets without honor in a southern country, man. And I'm saying, okay, yeah, you, my brother, you must have seen Christ. Okay, this is not the proper way. And I do agree with you. At some point, you let the Holy Spirit, but, you know, some people are just. And it's I call good it, to pray before you go talk to them and ask the Holy Spirit to minister to their yeah, hearts. But some people, you know, they have before a sense of pride and they're just not going to receive. I've had people in my they're not going to receive anything from you. And it's just like, you know, well, who do you think you are? You know, this is that, yeah, yeah. And I'm saying, okay, but you, this is wrong what you're doing. I mean, this scripture says you're doing it wrong. And they just get mad and get puffed up and just like they're not trying to receive nothing from you. And like I do, Kevin, at that point, okay, well, I let the Holy Spirit, you know, because and then because you're not going to receive it, then at the end of the day, you know, consequences will come to you, whether it's physical, spiritual, whatever, emotional. But some people, I've, I've just met some people who are not, they just take their stance, even though you show up in the Word. They ain't trying to budge. They ain't trying to move. 
I'm just going to continue on this road. And I don't want you saying nothing else to me. Okay. Yeah, I think <clears throat> we'll probably end up going here. But I, I forgot where it is, Timothy or whatever. If somebody <clears throat> going to draw that hard line, even though they're a brother or a sister, I think the word instructions is you treat them like an infidel, like they're outside of the, the, the covenant, even though they're not. And and basically, kind of it says, don't have anything to do with that person. I mean, we had something happen like that in our life, kind of like in our family or most in our family. Where it's just kind of like we had to just cut them off because they, because of their, their walk, how they was choosing to live their life. It was like, okay, but, but I mean, it's, I mean, teacher probably ended up taking us there, but yeah, there's a real firm word on how to deal with that. I think it's in Timothy where it comes right out and say, you know, you just have nothing to do with. I mean, you still love them, and you, they still are a, a believer or a member of the family, but you treat them like they're not, meaning like don't even associate with them. And they used to call that, he used to say, feed them with a long-handled spoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my dad's little cliche for that. Get your hand too close, so bite it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's true, knowing the heart behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Anybody had approached me almost five years ago, I would have, a couple months from now, I'd have been like, I don't even do this God. If he's like that, leave me alone, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that. I don't feel that way now. But that's a lot of the work in the Holy Spirit and the right things and stuff in God. I mean, you know, speaking, you know, ministering to me. But I go, like I said, that's why I have a couple of folks, you know, approach me different ways. I'm like, talk to the hand. And it would have looked like, you know, like I said, I jumped up and down on the platform. Yeah, praise you, Jesus. And quote the scriptures. Oh, Julie knows better. If you looked at me, you would have thought that. And that's where, you know, we all have to pray. You know, all of us, me, you know, have to pray and say, God, what is that person really going through? Because, you know, you know, you know, like we said, praying before we approach somebody. Because if they prayed, they would have realized, oh, and there were a few. They treated me different ways. And I, I really believe it had to be God showed them. It's like, let her alone. Just pray for her. Just love on her. You don't know what's inside the brain. They may have showed them. And I thank God for those people because. Yeah, I may not be here today, you know, we'll the that. And we'll kill you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what it almost did, tried to do right there. With her. She was all religious. Yeah. yeah. But we know religion chokes you out. I look like Chokes I knew everything, you know. Yeah. And you condemn yeah. everybody around you when you're religious. Yeah, exactly. Because you feel holy. Oh, God gave God gave it back in a good way, a loving father way, and in so many ways the past few years. Anytime I get really angry at folks who have, like, religious thinking and stuff, Remember the first time God, he waited to see God knew. He waited until I was secure. He wouldn't have just like, boom, you know, yeah, he did not be over. Me. But just, I remember him asking me even about the father figure guy that I talked about. It's like, I was like, I got really angry. I was okay to be hurt. I, I mean, I was hurt, but then I got angry when they think I was going, why is he this? And then God was like, I remember God asking me, it's like, why do you know what he's thinking or you think you know what he's thinking? And I just stopped and I always kind of teeth. I was like, crickets were trumping. I go, yeah, I heard you die. I used to think that way, and I would, I would have said the same thing, you know, one time in my life. So, you know, it's just like I said, they'll pray, and God knows what each person's thinking. It was the same thing with me being alone. She goes, people look like she, she's my daddy, she's not doing this, she's not doing this. Like, 
I didn't keep her from doing any of it. So she did it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't tell her she couldn't do she it. She caught all of it. I, thought, I was sport. the bad guy. Was, she called me back. Your mother does this. Your mother does this. I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. I had a friend that used to go to concerts all the time, and he was always talking about him. And he, I knew he was a Christian. And I was asking, Lord, how do I go about talking to this student, you know? And finally I said to him, are you really comfortable in there, man? So with all the pot smoking and the drinking and, the, you know, I said, are, are you comfortable? He said, don't even go there. Gee, don't even go there, Gene. My wife wants to go and I'm going. I mean, that, and that was the end of it. I, I dropped it. You know, but I, I, that was my two cents. How can you be comfortable there? And uh, But the other thing that did it for me, I know, when because I've had people, you know, come in, talk to me about stuff I was doing wrong. And I would get mad, but here the scripture did it for me. And I, it was, I think it's in Proverbs like twenty-seven or something like that. And it said, it said to me, it says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend." Oh yeah. But that thing they said, but the kisses, something I forgot how it goes. Oh, but, an enemy, yeah. but, but you know, to me, I said, okay. So what that scripture told me is like, if you're my friend, then sometimes you're gonna wound me. You know, it's like, okay, if I if I see you know Judas walking, he got. Plaid pants with a polka dot shirt. That's sin, you know. And you know what I'm saying. And I don't say nothing to him. It's like, oh, yeah, you, oh, you look good. You know, it's like, no, if I'm his friend, I'm going to be like, um, Julius, give me for a second. Ah, you might want to not do that. That's and then that's what I'll probably say to you. Mind your own business and leave his alone because what if I like it? <laughs> what okay. if I like his outfit and I'm going to tell you, leave him alone. I'm going to be like, okay. never going to have an argument. You're missing my example. <laughs> I get it. I know. Well, I'm saying, if somebody is wrong about I get something. your, I get it, <laughs> but. I You're missing you. my example. No, I'm not. I'm not missing. I got you. I got you. But I'm just saying, we talking about what something is wrong, blatantly wrong. Yeah, right. Exactly. According to scripture, it's you know, I'm gonna warn. Now, he may not like when I say it. He'd be like, okay, that makes me mad. But if I'm his friend, then I'm going to come to him and say, yeah, because I love you enough to tell you the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think the thing we appreciate that. Right. The thing we missing, you know. It, in this is that number one God knows the heart of another person he knows our heart right and the relationship I have with another person depending on depending on what type of relationship I have with this person is going to, to dictate how how deep I can go with a person what are the, what types of things I can say? That's true. Right. Too. That is very true. Right, because now if I just met Sister Strawberry last week, and I, and I you know, she she they say she's shacking up, and I I see and I see I'm an eyewitness of that. Now, she's probably not going to receive it really well if I if I walk to her, walk up to her in, in, in food line and, and rebuke her for shagging. Oh, heck no. Right? She don't know me. She don't know who I am. Now, we've been friends for about 20 and 15 years. We've been looking out for each other. You know, there's some emotional equity in that relationship. Then I'm, I can go to Sister Strawberry. See, Sister Strawberry, you know, I got, I got some concerns about, you know, what, you, what you're doing with XYZ person. 
with Mr. Candle. You know. And um even though she may that may prick her and it may, you know, it's gonna pierce the flesh, the relationship is going to it she'll be in a better position to receive it, even though that is pricking her flesh. She'll be in a better position to receive. But that whole that whole the the idea of, you know, who am who am I to this person? And what's the right time to say something? How do I say it? And that's what we gotta lean on the Holy Spirit. Came up and um, where? Okay, so where? where was the... All right, <coughs> there we go. There we go. Seven. What? What? Yeah, number one. I think. Right. Yeah. Okay. Do not judge. And okay. Uh, and what version was the one about the critic? Chris and Amplified. Okay, so this. Um, came up in a very long conversation that I had with someone that I don't normally talk to anymore. And, um, and I, so when God led me and my husband to go help start this church, that was an offshoot of another church. Okay. So whatever from September to whenever in the winter time, it was so cold. And however many people were left at that point, of this new church, the offshoot. I don't know. And so the pastor is like, okay, Saturday we're going to go down, we're going to go knock on doors and to, to put, put out flyers. Well, the only people that showed up, him and this young girl that was not his wife, his wife had to stay home and take care of their four little boys. And it was me and my husband. So we meet down there. The fact that it was two zero twenty degrees is beside the point. But anyway, so he's paired up, pair up. So he's going off with her. And my the friend that went to the same church, and I mean she everything I said about everything the whole day long, she just agreed with everything. Like this is all ridiculous. We got drummed into our head. You don't usurp authority. Get my point? You do not ever question authority, like, I'm the pastor, blah, blah, blah. So he goes off with someone who's not his wife. There and, and never even said, hey, let's meet up later on. So what do I say? She should have nothing. To mention with nothing. You. I say nothing. Mm. months later thank the good lord i'm finally back at my other church because i'm like i am out of here i committed for a year i can't stand this anymore blah blah i'm done 
So, however many months later, three months later, six months later, who was sitting in front of the church that I left to go down there? The pastor. And I'm going, what is he doing at my church? He's supposed to be down at his new church pastoring. I said, I think I might know and answer why. Well, my other friend, who knew someone in the choir, and I said, I ain't saying nothing. I'm just asking questions. Well, my friend said something about inappropriate. And I said, well, let me tell you why. So I'm not. I am not. It was a circumstance that I was in. And so you asked the question, what would you do? And here's what I would do now. After all these years later, I, I was so upset because I thought, what if he ended up getting a divorce to the pastor's wife that was so adorable because of his crap and because I said nothing? I didn't ask for this. This is what I would have said, what I would do. Yeah, that's true. We were talking. Am I, and, and, I, and I am doing none of those. Listen to what I'm not doing. I'm not judging. I'm not criticizing. I'm not condemning nothing. But I'm there. And I would have said, Oh, you're going off with this woman that's not your wife? And clearly, and I, and now I call him his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, you're going off with your girlfriend, huh? Anyway. It's true. We were talking. And I said, well, and then, yeah. and so what I would have done was this. Oh, um, let's just call your wife and see if she's okay with this. And then maybe she's so whatever brainwashed, even if she would have said, Oh, yeah, that's okay. Okay, well, then I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Let's call the head pastor and ask him if he thinks it's okay. Okay. I finally got to ask my friend today, and she said, I said, would he have said yes? She said, probably no. So that's what I would have done. Okay. And then if the head pastor said it's okay, I'm out of here. I have no more responsibility. But I did none of the those. Two men should have went together, and the two women should have went together. That's all. Would have solved the whole. Or the thing. four of us could have gone together. Or, or the woman could have went with you, and your husband could have went with him, and that would have solved the whole problem right there. Right. He wanted to go with her. That's all right. Somebody needs to step he in. He wanted. Well, that was my job. Now, see, I'm on the outside. On the outside looking in, I'm kind of looking at this situation, and I'm like, okay. Now, I can see how it could be inappropriate, right? Now, I can't speak to that specific situation, but let's say something similar to that, right? You got a group of four people, and y'all going to knock on doors and give tracks out, all right? It's a married couple, and it's the pastor and a, and a female. Now, just because the pastor goes with this, this woman, you're handing out tracks, why is that an issue? I think I think you just got. It could be an appearance of evil. You just got to you got to keep a space. You just have to. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Now you got you got you got Can scripture. We back up one second. I saw this with her and how she acted around him before this. Okay. But okay. I'm like. And 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 I and maybe that was God point, pointing it to me because. You know, I'm, it, I'm like, I'm yeah. observing. That's what I was doing. I, mm. I'm observing. Now, see, the thing is, I'm telling you, this is why we got to rely on the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. the appearance of evil, mm -hmm. right, 
depending on what my lens is, certain things can look evil that aren't scripturally evil. Right. So this is why we got to rely on the Holy Spirit. Now, speaking to Sue's circumstances, like, okay, she saw this woman kind of changing her behavior around the past. So it was kind of like something like, okay, it, it might be a little something extra there from her side. Right. So a loving thing to do in that situation, hey, the Holy Spirit gave you the green light. Say something. To kind of you put it out there. But again, Leaning on the Holy Spirit on how how to say it, you know. But again, you know, at least and then you giving you giving people an opportunity to respond without with the least amount of flesh attached to it. My own opinion. Yeah. Because that whole thing about the appearance of evil, I could use that to. Cast a lot of judgment oh, on yeah, folks. Yeah, that's very true. Right. Just like when, when Andrew had the, the joke about mixed bathing. Oh, yes. People going to the pool, a man and you know, oh, men and women in the same pool. I heard God, I heard God preach on that. <laughs> he said he would no more go mixed bathing than he would take a bath with your wife. That's what the pastor said from the And pool. it's like it's a public pool, man. And you have bathing suits on. Yeah, people. Yeah, it's a big pool. Well, this, this guy stopped the whole service, and and he said, "I'm going to give the person thirty minutes to repent." And everybody was quiet sitting there thirty minutes. This was up in Maine. And when we finally left, the woman that was also from New Jersey, she went to shake hands with him and say goodbye. I thought, well, we can't figure out why. Who's doing what? And, and he looked at her and said, "It's you." She had short sleeves on. Yes, and he was. Oh he God, stopped the whole service. That service. I would have <laughs> He condemned it because she had short sleeves. Oh my gosh! She was showing her arms. Right. So this is why I say we got to, you know, we we really got to lean on the Holy Spirit when when it when it comes to like speaking the truth and love and kind of bringing correction because yeah. it, it, you know it, it because if you if you coming from a place of religiosity yourself or just a, a some some sort of um idiosyncrasy that you have or some kind of cultural bias that doesn't make make something evil just because it's a cultural preference yeah sometimes you know i um oh yeah go ahead i I found out those passages of scripture i was thinking of and i hated mine when i was speaking it's second thessalonians uh chapter three uh, verses 6 through 15. And this is, you know, like I say, we kind of had to live and kind of walk through this and apply this to somebody pretty close to the family here not long ago. And it wasn't the first time we had to do it. Right, I'll so, read it, but kind of long. No, that's all right. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter three. Uh, three. Chapter 3, verses 6 through Probably 15. I knew it was Thessalonians. All right, go ahead. Um, I got King James up right now. It says, uh, verse 6, it says, Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother or sister who leads a disorderly life and not one in accordance with the tradition that you receive from us. You yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because we did not act 
in an undisciplined way among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. Labor and hardship kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of them. That sounds like David and as scriptures we read earlier. Not because we do not have the right to do this, but in order to offer ourselves as a role model for you so that you would follow our example. Even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, then he is not eat either. We hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now we command and exhort such persons in the Lord Jesus Christ to work peacefully and eat their own bread. As for you, brothers and sisters, do not go real weary of well-doing. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take special note of that person so as not to associate with them, so that he will put to shame. And yet, do not regard that person as an enemy, but admonish that one as a brother or sister. Seems like a specific case. Well, the Amish do. They shun people. Yeah, that's not working. That's not the same as somebody with a moral breach. I would say the same. Our our experience is we have to be very careful when we speak to somebody about something (laughs) in their lives. I think you have to have such a green light from the Holy Spirit. And you have to have a position of honor with that person. The mm-hmm. proverb says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate you. Reprove a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wise. You have to discern yep. what, what the person's Good like. Point. Because if the person's in your family, you could be destroying your family relationships. And a lot of times, especially when it's your kids, they know they're messing up. They know they're not doing right. They don't need us to tell them. So our job, we just keep keep loving them. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, we see things that are wrong. But our our criticism is not going to bring them one step closer to Jesus. In, in fact, it'll do this, and then they won't even want to be around us at all. Yeah, I'm going to come to my kids. I'm just telling them. I'm always afraid. You grow, you can do what you want. But he's going to take But I'm still going to take I'm still yeah. And I leave it. Yeah. And after that, I leave it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or even, even people as, you know, that's in my life. Okay, you you can do what you want, but here's what it says. Now, if someone comes to you, that's different because they've opened the door. They're asking for counsel. Right. But just for you to take it upon yourself, every time we see somebody doing something wrong, we are not the Holy Ghost Gestapo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. not our job. I can remember one time that I was led. I came in from lunch, and a friend of mine was in the phone booth talking on the phone. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, He's flirting with a woman that's not his wife. And and I mean it was really strong. So I'm walk I'm walking away from him and he caught he got on the phone, was catching up to me, go, hey brother Gene, how you doing? He's putting his hand on me like that. And I said, Don't call me brother. I said, You were flirting on with a woman on that phone, it wasn't your wife. And man, he he about try he didn't know the Lord showed me that. And he about fell down. Oh man, he's oh man. He said, I'm trying to break it off, you know, and and shoot. Were you able to help him? And break him break for two years, I, I was trying to counsel with him, and he ended up leaving his wife, five kids, oh and he, he ended up dying. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he was a young guy. It was the same thing I said to Julie. She talked about because from being a mom, 
when this friend of ours that was trying to tell her, you know, that ha- that's not how a Proverbs 31 wife um, woman works. Um, you got to do this. You're not doing it right. He did it, but he, he it wasn't good. If she wasn't ready, though, it could have destroyed her. Well, the thing is, thing to the relationship, we talked about that. It was really interesting, and I knew, and again, I don't want to criticize this guy either oh, because no, I know he's a believer. It's just I think he, I think he got into a place of kind of, especially during like the pandemic and stuff. People got isolated, and that kind of doesn't work very good on but, certain things. But, the but point was that if you were he didn't even, and you know, also he didn't even have a really heavy duty working relationship with me anymore. Like him and I, it, not in a bad way. It's just people grow apart. And way before I did my God, if you're like that, leave me alone stuff. Him and I just didn't talk as much. Like every six months or so, we might would catch up with each other. We we knew each other was there, but I know <laughs> that's what really made me think. I'm, I'm like, oh no, he jumped on what he thought he saw on Facebook. He didn't even talk with me, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like hmm, she's but doing she, this bad thing, boom, you know. Set to a certain extent, could have destroyed her. Oh yeah, because he was really critical. Right after there, turn on the hat. Said, Mom, like, that's read this. I can't read it. it. I was crying. Instead of coming here and saying, you know, baby, what's going on? But she wasn't ready for it. He could have destroyed her. Yeah, that had to be. That's where the Holy Spirit's good because he yeah, was right the there. Holy Spirit is I remember like looking up. I go, Mom, did he ask me how I was? And she goes, No, baby, I don't think he did. And he, and Mom looked better when he didn't. He even asked me how I was doing. And that's where it proved it wasn't. See, I think that's that's the key. If we approach a person out of love because of where this sin could take them, and when they understand that you're not criticizing, you're trying to steer them away from death, Mm -hmm. there's a difference. So our our message has to really be... And my question to you is, Mm -hmm. do you think you have to be... Mature enough to receive it, because I don't know if everybody is mature enough to that, receive that's, that. That's how come I think, unless the Lord tells you specifically to go do that, then you don't. Right. Because He knows what is not going to receive it. Listening to the voice. And you may, oh, Lord. by doing that, you may put yourself in a position where they don't ever want to deal with you again. When if you would wait, maybe in the future, the Lord would open a door for you to speak to their hearts, you know? I have to correct something. Oh, hold on, hold on. Kim, guess up. Kim, guess up. Could it be that sometimes the Lord may show you something about someone, not in so much for you to go to them, but to pray and intercede on their behalf? That's right. Because sometimes we think we have an answer, but we don't. God is the only one that knows all the ins and outs of a person's life. Yes. Sometimes we do want to play judge, jury, and everybody else. Right. <laughs> and not allow Holy Spirit to really be Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, to, to govern that person's life. Because sometimes people don't need, need us to bash them, but to, to help them, you know, and just by confronting all the time doesn't always help. I mean, we don't run away from a situation, but like the sister in the, um, in the orange was saying, you know, we really have to let the Holy Spirit lead us when we go to a person's life because of that scripture that pastor uh, that brother Julius just read, you know, they'll come back at us. How do you think you, you know, you're better than us? No, we're not. You know, and I'm thinking about Jesus. He had uh, Judas, Judas Iscariot the whole time with him. And that's the man that betrayed him. Mm-hmm. And how did he treat him? Also, um, the passage in Jude um, 20, 20 to 23, roughly, 
um, that gives a distinction between how, how the Holy Spirit leads us in different situations. Um, sometimes it's more just a very compassionate, gentle approach, and sometimes it's going to be a firm, um, a strong approach as well. And so it's got to be through Holy Spirit. I agree. It's uh, And it, it's done cautiously and with a, a lot of prayer and, and love poured into it because um, it's the verse that keeps running through my head is the goodness of the Lord leads to repentance. It's not um, judgment that leads to repentance, but the goodness of the Lord. So at all times, even when confronting hard situations, which we do sometimes get called to do, uh, um, <clears throat> it, it, uh, um, oh, sorry, I lost train of thought. <laughs> Even if we're called into to saying the hard thing, we're presenting the Lord. We're not pointing a finger at the person, is what I'm trying to say. Right. And um, and we're trying to to help them to see see the goodness of the Lord at all times, even even when saying the hard things. That's good. But I also think, well, me personally, I. I there are people in my life that that I I figure holds me accountable. I think it's good to put them in a happy mm -hmm. way like that. Hello. If, if they, there you are. You know, wasn't they hearing. Can say stuff I can't hear me. Hey, can I don't hear the rest. I don't hear the rest of the team. I don't hear me. I can hear everybody now. I wasn't yeah. here. Okay. Yeah. I can't hear them. I can hear you guys. I can't yeah. hear you. Okay. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now we can. Okay. Yeah. I can. Yeah. Okay. Can you hear us? Yeah. We can hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Might, there might be a, a Zoom glitch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just saying, you know, it's good to have people in your life you, that you intentionally said, okay, hey, you can check me. Yeah. You can check me. You can say stuff to me that, you know what, if I'm out of line, I give you permission yes. to say, you know what, hey, call me back and like, what am I doing? Hey, you need to do something like this. Or because if you're just looking for a, a yes man or a yes woman, that's not going to help you very much. You can, I you're good at think what Jerry's, how, how this conversation kind of started was it was presenting a person, and I think you had kind of reiterated that too, Eric, somebody who don't want to hear what you got to say. Right. What do I do then? And, and then we went from there. It was like, okay, they don't want to hear what you got to say. So now what do I do? And it just seems like it's back off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back off and pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, if somebody's looking like bacon, <laughs> hey, I'm like, it's okay. Right. I'll just pray for you. Do you get to know the people? When you know people well, you can kind of pick out those people who are, their goal is to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so their hearts are soft, and anything you say, Yes, brother, what, what? You know, what, what can I do? Because that's not conforming me to the image of my Lord. 
-hmm. and and the people that are in this for other reasons or don't have mm -hmm. I just back off you know, like the, you guys are saying you just pray because I don't want to put any dampers on the relationship that we do have mm -hmm. and because they're you know they had this there has to be a level of maturity and wisdom to be able to to receive and learn from the word from the correction by the word but somebody that's carnal, a little more carnal, life gonna have to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. You know, so the Holy Spirit, and to think that when I when I quoted this description seven, you know, when Jesus talks about the, the log and the hypocrisy, see, when we cast judgment, we are acting on or thinking. We know the motives, reasons why somebody is saying something, why somebody did something, without having no objective evidence. When we do that, we all we're putting ourselves in the position of a judge. Well, I know why you did X, Y, and Z. And you better tighten it up because Proverbs 31 woman don't do that, such and such. <laughs> or God, the man of God don't do X, Y, Z, yeah. right? Yeah. But you don't know the whole story. You just saw peace and you jump on it and then exercise some type of self-righteousness. And this is why, again, you know, we, we it, I don't think we'll go a, a, a lesson without talking about how important the Holy Spirit is in, in our walk. And as we get in close to time, I want us to go back to Psalm... I mean, I saw him. I'm sorry. Um, Second Samuel 24. Now, like Eric has said, right before that part where you know David told the man that he was he wouldn't give the Lord anything that cost him nothing. David had he had sinned himself, right? I'm gonna start at verse. I'm gonna start at verse four. All right. It says, but the king insisted that they take the census. So Joab and the commanders of the army went out to count the people of Israel. <clears throat> All right. So see, David, this this is his transgression here, right? And I'm gonna jump down to. Verse, verse 8. So having gone through the entire land for nine months and 20, day, 20 days, they returned to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of the people to the king. There were 800,000 capable warriors in Israel who could handle a sword and 500,000 in Judah. Verse 10. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. And he said to the Lord, I've sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive me, give my guilt, Lord, for doing this foolish thing. Now, what do you see different here? Repentance. Maybe had a conscience. Yeah, repentance. See, David had messed up, but ain't nobody in this. Nobody in this yeah, nobody, nobody else had to come in and check him in this circumstance. 
So that, that speaks to the relationship that David had. See, you don't see this same pattern with the kings of Israel. Saul, Absalom, all of them. You don't see it, but you see it here with David. Yeah. And the encouragement is, you know, David, he, he messed up. He did some stuff. But he still was a man yeah, after God's own heart. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. So if, if, if David can have that, why can't you and I? And the thing about it is, and see, we see the type of intimacy that David had, but it still, it still boggles my mind. Like, okay, this dude, I'm reading about him, but the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of me. He dwells on the inside of you. He is a permanent resident. He is set up shop. He loves hanging out with us. Never raises, no forsakes. That's right. That's what we have with us all the time. Yes, it's awesome. Glory to God. That's all Even I can say. Even when we think he's left, yeah. we'll love something horrible. That's right. All right, y'all. Social media fam, thank you for joining us. We'll see y'all next week. You need this thing? Yeah. Can't be Julie. She always brings us out. Please, he's more than me. Father, we are so grateful for the ability, privilege of coming together to study your word, just to share experiences, the body of Christ, each person sharing Christ in him or her that we can put it all together and, and just learn how to function as the body. We appreciate the time here, and we thank you for going before us for the rest of the week. Yes. I speak, you're just strengthening each person, and we thank you for working in us now, the things that we talked about tonight, yes. that we'll be more aware, Holy Spirit, and what he would like us to do, and when there's a time to speak and when there's a time to be quiet. So we thank you for the lesson tonight and ask you to work that into our, our spirits real deeply that we might, might be more effective for you in Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen.
Every plane just goes on with that. We were over your neck in the woods. We went to surf rider for dinner.